The following podcast is hashtag Boone approved. It's time for another edition of the Brett Boone Podcast. Remember when me and you almost went to blows? Lou oh, yeah. sent me down three times too, so I know what you're talking about. With your host, MLB All-Star, Brett Boone. Bottom line is, you will become a successful major league hitter by hitting pitcher's mistakes. As he sits down with his sports and entertainment friends from around the world. You are not going to be a successful major league hitter if you hit pitcher's pitch. This isn't just any former jocks podcast. To change the outcome, you got to change the income. You got to change what goes in. And that changes what goes out. Often duplicated, but never replicated. Just like his bat flip. Okay, now the party starts. The responsibility starts now. Now in its fourth year, this is the one and only Brett Boone Podcast. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm Fred Boone, and today on the program, I'm joined by one of the pioneers of the knuckleball in Major League Baseball. He did it for 25 years. He's a Texas Rangers Hall of Famer. Uh, welcome a good friend of mine to the program, Charlie Huff. Charlie, thanks for coming on the show. Great to be with you, Booney. Been a while, been a while. too. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. You're uh you're you're in camp with the Dodgers. You're still going. Yep. Talked to you the other day. How's that going? It's been great. You know, uh, I work on the uh, player development side, but I spent a couple of days with the big league team, and uh, we opened today already. I saw uh, that. I, I was at the gym, I, and I, I saw it. Yeah, fourteen to one victory. But uh, <laughs> no, it's fun, and I work in the minor leagues. Um. For those of you watching the Boone, listening to the Boone podcast, however you're getting this. Uh, I've known Charlie a long time. He, I, I mentioned at the top, he, he pitched in the big leagues for 25 years. I think that's top three or four in the history of the game. But I knew Charlie when I was a sophomore in high school. <laughs> I'd go out to, I forget the name of the high school. It was myself and it was young Jimmy Campanis. And Jimmy, I was new to Southern California. My dad had just moved us across the country from Jersey. And uh, he said, hey, Charlie Huff's going to throw us BP. Why don't you come out? I think I was a sophomore in high school. So we go back that far. By the way, none of that helped because I, I looked up our statistics before this show. Brett Boone, 0 for 6. Bob Boone, who used to tell me how much he hated facing you and any knuckleballer for that matter. He wasn't much better. He's better than me. But he was about 13 for 65. So. <laughs> seeing you, seeing you early, Charlie, did not help my my uh, my luck on the field. Well, thanks. I needed a couple outs in there somewhere. <laughs> it's a and, and the good thing about it is Aaron Boone missed you, so he he yeah. probably he would he probably wouldn't have vowed very well off you either. Yeah. Why doesn't everybody throw a knuckleball? Ah, oh, wow. The game is changing. It's a little quicker, a little faster. I think. And we've put a priority on pitching, throwing hard. So uh, as the minor leagues have shrunk down, the minor league jobs are harder and harder to get. So the, the guys we want to go after are the hard throwers. We don't have really time unless a guy is throwing it really good right away. And it's hard to do. It's hard to get a chance today. I, I think San Diego has a kid that's going to be pretty good throwing it. I, I haven't seen him live, but I've seen him on video. And uh, it looks like it's going to be pretty good. Well, it seems like everybody has a story with the knuckleball. Uh, the most the most I faced in the big leagues, I uh, faced Candiotti a bit. You, at the, at the very beginning of my career, uh, had a bunch of A-Bs a against Timmy Wakefield. Um, 
I, I can't remember ever coming to the ballpark, Charlie, and saying, oh, thank goodness we got a knuckleballer tonight. It seemed like it's a different ball game. A lot of the time, if you had your good one, it was luck. It, it, it doesn't matter how good I'm swinging right now. If Charlie's got his good knuckleball on the hill, tonight, it doesn't matter because I'm going to swing where I think it's going to be, and sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. Once in a while, you catch a flat one. Um, but but the knuckleball pitcher, it seems to me, everybody has a similar story. You started as a conventional pitcher, turned into a knuckleball pitcher. For you, it was 1970, yeah. uh, I believe, where you turned to the knuckleball, went to AAA that year, killed it, and had like a 1-9 ERA something. Give me the evolution of it for you and, and how you got to that point and when you made that decision. Well, I... I didn't have much opportunity or much reason to not try it. Uh, I was a sore arm starting pitcher in double A for two years. And I'm looking at guys passing me as far as being prospects. And a minor league coach uh, said to me one day when I was playing catch, he said, hey, have you ever tried to throw a knuckleball? Well, show me how. And uh, he showed me a grip. His name was Goldie Holt. Showed me a grip. I tried it, played catch, and threw one after about five that didn't spin, and threw a couple more, and I went into the clubhouse. The manager was Tommy Lasorda, and I said, hey, I'm going to start throwing a knuckleball. And he said, well, you better because you're on your last chance right here. you got to try something, you know. And right. being somebody that loved baseball, really did, uh, and, and, and admired the – real talented guys, you know, the guys that I got to play with. And uh, I ended up coming up with something and giving a chance to uh, compete against the best, that, you know, best in the game. And, and so much fun. Uh, the Negroes before my time never got to, to face yeah. one of those brothers. Uh, Candy out of you, Candy out of you and Wakefield. And there's been a few others along the way, but those are the main ones that, that I'm familiar with that I've faced. I'm sure you've had opportunities through the years to to sit down and talk. What what is that like? It, it did you all have the same grip? Is it is it all the same premise? Because Charlie, you see all of us, all the position yeah. players screwing around before the game, warming up in right field. We're always coming up with a knuckleball. Some guys have a good one. It's one thing to to play catch. It's another thing to having to throw a strike in a big league game. But is it is it? Do you all have to have something in common? Is it a knuckleball? Is it a nail ball? His fingernails. Yeah. <laughs> we all uh, basically threw it with the same grip, although uh, if you pictured your hand on the ball, we some guys turned the ball to a different spot, but it's the same fingernail grip, hand shape on it, two fingers, and you may have it splitting the seams, may have it below the seams, wherever it fits your hand best, but I, I haven't seen anybody throw it with a, a kind of unique grip. You could be in a different spot. Um, you know, there's been so many guys throw it. Uh, some of the best uh, recently, R.A. Dickey wins uh, Cy Young throwing it, and I had the pleasure of working with him a little bit when he was first starting. So it was fun. R.A. Dickey, though, okay. Let, let me get the Okay, I'm facing Charlie Huff. It doesn't matter. I'm pretty much know I'm getting a knuckleball every pitch, unless you know we're in a you're in a situation where 
you got to throw a strike and you, you're just not finding it that, that AB. But you're pretty yes. much throwing me a knuckleball every pitch. Wakefield, same thing. I was getting a knuckleball come hell or high water. Candiotti, different. Candiotti's going to throw me that curveball. I'm yeah, not even a real look. good curveball. You're right. But here's the thing with that. I can sit on a curveball. Okay, I can sit on Charlie Huff's knuckleball, and if you throw me a good one, it doesn't matter. If I'm sitting on Candiotti's curveball and he throws, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch it. I'm gonna hit it. It's like a it's like a Trevor Hoffman changeup. If yeah. Hoffy's got that good changeup, I'm sitting on it. It's 50-50 whether I get it, whether I'm still gonna touch it. So there is a difference. Um, yeah, I, a, re- a really well thrown knuckleball. It doesn't make sense to look for it, tell you the truth. No, I mean, I whenever I pitched against Tommy Candiotti or, or uh, Phil or Joe Necro, I would sit by the bat rack and say, don't look for a knuckleball. Because if he throws you a good one, you probably won't hit it. If he throws you a bad one, you'll hit it anyway. Don't let him get you out with a slider or a curveball or try to sneak a fastball by you. I, 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 and I got to the point. It started with you, but I got to the point and with Wakefield. I hated facing him. Uh, and and R.A. Dickey, I, I did face R.A. Dickey, but he would he would mix in a heater too here and there. Right, right. Well, he was more, he was a borderline big league pitcher. Right. Without it, you know, right. I was the guy that would have been back home playing in the men's league in Brea. You know, um, <laughs> there's a, there was a big difference in that talent. You know, between R.A. and me. But right. uh, we both found a way that we could compete in the big leagues. And I think as position players, and I'm sure, you know, the team you were pitching for, you got a lot of feedback from probably during the game from your hitters going, oh, yeah. oh man, yeah. I, I, you know, because it's a different game. It's almost like I come to the ballpark. If I'm feeling good, I'm thinking, oh, why do I have to have a knuckleball tonight? And I almost went into a mode as I got older, got a little time, got a little experience. I wasn't going to allow one night against Charlie Huff or one night against Tim Wakefield. That wasn't going to get me out of what I I was in. So I was going to go up there maybe with my slow pitch softball swing. And sometimes I snuck a hit in and sometimes I didn't. But back to normal the next day. Well, I, I think there's a lot of hitters that just would not want to make any kind of adjustment to face me one night or face Negro or face any knuckleballer, you don't want to lose your good swing trying to do something different. And it makes sense, you know. But that kind of makes sense why you might want a knuckleballer on your team. Yeah. You know, they're hard to trust. We are hard to trust. I've had to coach a couple in the minor leagues, and oh, my gosh, what do we do? You know, yeah. walk, 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 and then a home run. Um, but you, you're not going to take them out because he's tired. Yeah, right. you never take him out because he's tired. You take him out because maybe he won't win. When you started the knuckleball in 1970, uh, you got some big league time, and and I think 73 you stuck. Yeah, uh, and, and you were pretty much out of the pen for Lasorda and the Dodgers. Uh, you move on to Texas in 1980. You become a starter. Give me the difference. Um, I, I guess yours is going to be different anyway. The preparation as a bullpen guy. Being a knuckleballer, do you feel like you could throw much more often than another guy out there in the pen? Well, I, I tried to. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how I could make the team would be uh, be available every night. Um, but it was tough for me because I had a bad shoulder. I mean, and relieving in, in the big leagues, 
uh, is really hard to throw a knuckleball. It really is because there's pressure to get it over. It's got to be a good one, especially in the close games. And, uh, you know, it was tough for me. I had some stretches where I was pretty darn good at it, but I was much better suited to be a starter and much harder to be a reliever. I, I take my hat off to it. Anybody that can be a big time reliever for five years in a row. Oh my gosh. They're, they're worth every penny they make. Explain to me the difference now. Now, now 1980, uh, you transition, become a starting pitcher. Was your in-between start time, your your regimen, how you prepared for it, was it different than the others? Or oh, as yeah. a starter, yeah. as a starter, could you go back-to-back games if you had to? Um, I don't think I ever did back-to-back, but I, I I may be the last guy to start 40 games. Yeah. Um, you know, today a, a guy going to start 30 um stars used to start 37 or something like that four-man rotation type things right uh but now we're getting closer to a six-man rotation uh so a guy getting 30 starts is a is a horse somebody pitches 200 innings uh he's a big time starter and when i was in there it was more like a 250 to 280 was a big time starter so it, it, I changed my, my style. I didn't throw it as hard. I didn't try to make everybody miss it. I tried to just get it over. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash card. And in between starts, what what was different about your prep versus – you only played with Nolan for a few yeah. years. I, I believe in 89, Nolan came to the Texas Rangers. Yeah. Uh, give me an example. Your well, prep versus his. Well, a little different in talent did, level. Did you did you have oven mitts on? Did you have oven mitts on in between starts? Yeah, I threw twice usually. If if we were on a five day, I threw twice. So you pitch a game, take a day off. Uh, the next day, I might just throw fastballs or straight balls, and then the following day, throw a bunch of knuckleballs, take a day off, and pitch, uh, depending on how bad my arm was feeling. Uh, to watch Nolan, that's a different level. That's maybe the best I've been around, uh, for sure the best I've been around. But that is a power guy that is working hard one day in between. And I could throw, actually, I kind of play catch every day. Um, but my routine to his, uh, as far as effort level, firing a ball, not. Nah. I was just playing catch, getting you, get my fingers feeling good, feeling the grip and stuff. Pretty easy stuff. But I, we do joke because it is. You throw it with your nails. So as much as I yeah. joke about, I joke about it. Your nails have got to be a certain oh, yeah. in a certain way. And it, I mean, life can happen. You know, anything could happen. You chip a nail. It's like, wait a minute, I got to start in two days. So how how meticulous were you about that in between starts? How much did you really pay attention? Like, I got to keep, especially this hand, I got to keep these nails the way I want it. Yeah, big time, big time. If I went and got a manicure, 
I'd let them do eight fingers. And I did my own too. <laughs> right. So you had, you had, you oh, yeah. had, and, and the night before start, did you have a routine where, all right, this is the way it's got to be? Um, no, not, not particular. I mean, uh, I took care of my hand. Uh, and in 25 years, I never cracked a nail. I never had one problem with it. And then, of course, playing golf one day, I poked myself with a T under my fingernail, uh, my index finger, got infected, nail came completely off. It would have been like having Tommy John surgery if I was still playing. <laughs> I'd already retired. But, I mean, it was the, the darndest thing. My fingernail turned black and came off. I, I wouldn't have played for a year. Oh, it's amazing to me. Yeah. Like, the the way it had to be okay. I got I got more. See, Charlie, we've been friends forever. I've never asked you these yeah. questions, so I'm excited about this. Okay, I'll I'll give an example. Of what I think is from a baseball from a hitter's perspective, it and this very rarely happened. Maybe five percent of the time, but sometimes I'd come out for batting practice, and for whatever reason, man, that bat felt good. I was on time. Everything was whap 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 off the bat. I'd get out of the cage and it's almost like I feel so good yeah. that a base hit tonight is really not good enough the way I'm feeling. If I get a pitch to hit, it should be in the seats. More times than not, I would come away from that game and it would mentally start to wear on me throughout the game. Like I can't feel this good and not get a bunch of numbers tonight. I, I've got to at least hit a homer or two. And usually I ended up going over three with a walk when I was feeling, I felt too good. I didn't like it. It's like, I can't feel do too good because then a base, just a base hit to right field with a runner on base wasn't good enough. It had to be all. And like I said, very rarely uh, for your knuckleball, did you have times where, man, it's dancing too much for me. And, and I know I got to start tomorrow. You know, you know, what you just said happened so many times to me warm up to start a game and walking into walking out to the mound to pitch the first inning. I'm thinking these guys have absolutely no chance today. And then in the seventh or third inning, I've given up like six runs and I don't know how I, but I do, I, I got to tell you, I, I started a game in Oakland when I was with the White Sox. So they had a real good team and uh, we had the, the, Chicago White Sox had a kid that was trying to learn a knuckleball and he was in the area. So he was at the game and I said, walk on down to the bullpen and watch me warm up. And I started warming up and I threw about six knuckleballs in a row and they were absolutely awful. I felt lousy and I just said, I'm going in. And I stopped and I went back into clubhouse. And of course, you know me, I had a couple of cigarettes, game starts. We hit, I came out, I said, well, here we go. I'm going to go out there anyway. And I think I shut him out. I mean, it was just all of a sudden I could throw it again. I, mean, I was awful. couple of cigarettes. Let's go. Isn't it amazing? Though? Yeah. Like yeah. you said, you had time because when that knuckleball's dancing, I mean, you just don't want to be in the box and you're just hoping it's almost, there were times where, where I'm in the box and I'm just thinking, please just, just walk me. I'm not even going to swing. Just throw that nastiest knuckleball in the world. Make it ricochet off the catcher's shin guards and, and just let me go to first. And it seems like in those spots when I thought like that, oh, it's a strike every time. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's for me. I mean, 
my biggest problem. I could throw a pretty darn good knuckleball. I would have been really good if I could get it over the plate like a couple of these other guys, but I had a hard time commanding it. And, you know, you might be frustrated at home plate, taking one that's a strike or chasing one. I was just as frustrated on the mound going, why can't I get it over tonight? You know, right. It's hard. Um, 93, uh, you go to, you're in the expansion draft. You go to the Marlins. Uh, you make the first start for the, yeah. for the Miami Marlins. Um, how different was that for you? We're getting close to expansion again, I think, Charlie. But yeah. you, you, oh, you yeah. were the last. You and the Rockies. Yep. Because uh, I've got another story about that. Uh, just talk talk me through that first. You At this stage of the game, you've been in the big leagues 23 years, 23, yeah. 24 years. And you go to the Marlins. You, you're probably going there with a bunch of kids, guys young enough to be your kids. Tell me what you thought when you, when, wow. when you were going to that expansion team. It, it couldn't have been any better. It, the, the whole scenario couldn't have been any better. Um, I grew up 10 miles to Joe Robbie Stadium where the Marlins were going to play. So I, I grew up in Hialeah, Florida, went to Hialeah High School, get a chance to pitch for that team. And then they say, hey, you're going to pitch the opening day. And it's against the Dodgers and Tommy Lasorda managing the Dodgers still. Um, I was basically home getting to pitch you know, kind of a Cinderella story. Here I am 45 years old and I'm going to pitch the first game in Florida that means anything because it's been spring training for all of our lives, you know, and uh, it it couldn't, like I say, it couldn't have been any better. I was home. I was with my brother every day. I had an older brother then. And, uh, you know, two years I was there. And like I say, it couldn't have been any better. It was such a thrill to do it. Um, And, the Marlins gave me that chance. So Yahoo. And, and I want to know if you remember this, uh, when, when we scheduled this and I knew you were going to come on the boom podcast, I thought, I think I faced Charlie in his last game. I looked it up. I did. Of course I said, I, I never got a hit off you. And I went over but you faced us, I believe it was in Cincinnati. Is, it, is this accurate? Tell no, me. That wasn't my last game. No, it, oh, it wasn't the last game. Probably should have been. <laughs> no, probably. I. Yeah. So I my story there in Cincinnati. Yeah, my good. story's off that. Here's what I remember yeah. because we had become friends at that point. We had some off right. season that we went golfing. Yep. And, and I remember the night before you had a rough outing. And you came to me, we were stretching the next day, and I remember coming over to you, hey, Chuck, how's it going? Ah, Boone, you know, and you could tell. Yeah. You weren't emotional. It's not like you had tears in your eyes, but you were kind of, you're giving me that, uh, it's looking, we're getting close to the end here, Booney. And, and, uh, oh, so I'm mistaken. It wasn't the last start, but I remember you kind of coming over and and I I had pitched, Booney, I had pitched a shutout. I was 46. I, I shut out the Cardinals in St. Louis on the turf. And I grounded out a couple of times and tried to run the first. (laughs) Why I tried to run, I don't know. But my hip, which was rotting at the time, just said, that's it. You're not going to play good anymore. And I think I lost my last five games. But that was just maybe the third or fourth one in a row that I lost. Yeah, My my last game was against the Phillies. He got knocked out in the first inning. 
against the Philly. Okay. But it was get yeah, it was close with me because I remember I remember walking away from our talk right there going, yeah. man. Oh yeah, I knew it. Uh, you know, it's kind of like yeah. And and you I'm on the other end of the ledger, you know, I'm just getting started and yeah. I'm I'm looking at you. You've been doing this forever. And there was a little bit of emotion. You know, I found out what that emotion was, you know, a few years later, down the 15 years later, when when I knew the writing was on the wall. Yeah, we're very lucky that we got to play a good length of time, you know, your whole family. Uh, But for me to get in there and play as long as I did and then be able to the last inning that I pitched, I gave up five runs in the first inning. Skipper came out to take me out, and I handed him the ball, and I said, I just can't do this anymore. And I said, a kid's got to be pitching. And that's how we get in the game. Somebody didn't do good, right? Right. Somebody let Freddie Boone get in there (laughs) in second base. Somebody got hurt or whatever, and you took his job. Well, somebody needed to take my job because I couldn't do it anymore, and I knew it. Yeah, you know, and that was the first time I went in and clipped my fingernails in 25 years. Yeah, <laughs> and then finally, yeah. finally, I don't have to. Yeah. I don't have to do this anymore. It's not a big yeah. deal. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Charlie, I appreciate you coming on. This is a lot of fun catching up. Um, all the best, uh, and and just w- one of my favorite people that I've we've had a uh, we've had a lot of times over the years, and, and a lot of good times, and and hopefully a lot of good times to come in the future, oh, yeah. but, but what a great competitor you were. What a great career, Texas Rangers hall of famer and a great friend and one of my favorite guys. And I appreciate you coming on the boom podcast. For those of you watching the boom podcast. Now it is on YouTube as well. For those of you listening, I appreciate you tuning in. We'll see you next time. <laughs>